Hello and welcome to Frank Friar Fridays. This is Father Patrick Bykowskis broadcasting from St. Dominic Priory in St. Louis, Missouri. In this prayer is called Letting Go of the Storm. It was sent by my regular contributor out there in lovely Indiana. Dear God, help me notice when a problem has receded to pay attention to the hours when I am most at, pay, at peace. I always keep an ear tuned to worry, to the coming uncertainty. Show me when the heavens are bold with the sun. Sometimes I'm still scanning for the storm when I'm under a clear sky. I long to recognize when the rains have moved on. Amen. I don't know about you, but boy, that hits me right in the eye. <laughs> it's a, a admonition to recognize all the wonderful things that are right in front of us. And I don't always do that. I'm going to be reflecting on the gospel reading for this Sunday. It's very short. It's from, of course, Matthew, and it's continuing with the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. Amen. Well, it seems that there's a lot about light these days. I'm actually recording this Thursday night, which is the Feast of the Presentation. Uh, you used to also call it Candle Mass. It's when we bless candles. Tomorrow we will, on Friday, use candles to bless throats on the Feast of St. Blaise. And there's a lot of talk about light. There's the, the Canticle of Simeon, if you were at Mass today, that we hear about this light shining, that when it's speaking about the prophet Simeon and seeing the light that is Christ. Well, of course... That's uh, more than just a beautiful image of Christ. It's something of an admonition as well. I know that some of you have heard me talk about Sister Pauletta Overbeck. God bless her and God rest her soul. She lived to be 102 years old, sharp as a tack until... And I don't. I wasn't with her the day she died, but I was with her a few days before she died. And you would have thought she would have kept going for another three years. I met her in 1993, and she would have been 75 back then. And when I met her, she had just started a ministry to prostitutes in in spring this is all in Springfield Illinois she was born and raised in Springfield and you know and I didn't even realize that prostitution was a problem in a place like Springfield until I came to know Sister Paulette and 
This woman at 70, at 75, she would go out most every night and meet these women on the streets where they were working. And she'd start about 10 o'clock at night and work most of the night. And she was a success. She turned a lot of lives around and put them on the good path through her witness of love. That's pure and simple. She was a light to them. Her courage made them feel special. It made them feel loved. These women I know still talk about Sister Pauletta. You know, sometimes we can talk so much about saints like Mother Teresa and Padre Pio and forget what they were about. Glorifying God through their good works. Not glorifying themselves, but glorifying the giver of all our energy and gifts and talents as the giver of our light. There are everyday saints all about us. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Palettas and the people working in all sorts of areas. And you. There are lights shining all around us. I have been blessed to visit Marion Middle School here in St. Louis just a couple times, I guess. And it's a very special school for, I guess you maybe would say, disadvantaged or at-risk young women. And it provides an education from the 6th grade through the 8th grade. It's a middle school. And volunteers are absolutely the core of their success. Older, successful women come in and share their light by teaching and guiding these young women. And they're all determined, these volunteers, to help them succeed in their lives so that they can be a light to others. I have been blessed in my time here in St. Louis to have celebrated Mass at, oh, I don't know, maybe half a dozen, eight different, ten different high schools. I don't know. It, I, get, I get asked a lot. And I see teachers and campus ministers that are so dedicated to the success of those young people, their lights. And they're shining their light on others. You know, in this gospel reading, Jesus says that Christians are supposed to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And he has some pretty tough things to say about Christians who are dark or insipid, without flavor, without that sort of quality that salt gives our food. They're fit for nothing except what? Being trampled underfoot. Boy, that doesn't sound like a very good thing. Well, you know, here's something that's important to notice. Salt and light, very different things, right? They have a, a funny characteristic that they share. Each of them is discernible by our senses, of course. We taste salt and we see light. Those are two of our senses, right? Sight, taste. But neither of them is meant to be the, 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 the object of that thing that we're perceiving, right? You, nobody makes salt for dinner. We put salt on that nice roast chicken, but the chicken is the dinner. The chicken tastes better if we salted just the right amount. And enjoying the chicken, not the salt, is what we're after, right? 
lights like that too. We turn on a light in the dark room, not in order to look at the light, but in order to look at the things because of the light. So, if a Christian is a light to the world, the Christian is helping the world to see something other than him or herself. And what Jesus says makes it clear that this something else is the Lord. A Christian is to let their light shine in such a way that the world glorifies God. The worldly people couldn't glorify God if God were in darkness for them. So a Christian's life is to shine in such a way that pe what people see is the Lord. So the image of the salt is the very, the very same thing. If a Christian is the salt of the earth, that Christian then makes something else appeal to the taste of people, and that will be God as well. People will savor the goodness of God when Christians are the salt of the earth. Origen, who's a very early theologian of the church, and other church fathers testified that the lives lived by our early Christian brothers and sisters were an extraordinary witness. Lots of people back then may have argued against a creed that we all state in every Mass on Sunday, but they could not contradict a creed born of courage and love and joy. So to be light and salt is to live our lives in such a way that the earthly and the worldly are drawn, as we hear in Psalm 34, to taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, God bless you all. Have a wonderful week. And let's pray, too, that those boiler makers keep on rolling.